Great job. Appreciate those songs. What a wonderful worship service. I enjoy learning new songs. I found that, uh, uh, and you've probably found too, I've got a lot to learn. And so I'm glad to learn uh, some new songs. Uh, VBS. Say yes to VBS. VBS is a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, It's a week where we dedicate to uh, share the gospel with kids and their families, and what a what a great week! I think a lot of times we think about it as only for kids, but man, it, it's a it's a wonderful outreach to the church. For me personally, I was introduced to the church for the first time through VBS. Now I was a heathen. I mean, I don't I I was worse than just a bad boy. I was a heathen. I nearly got kicked out of my first VBS. And uh, they were so patient. My, my pastor's wife was my teacher. And if it hadn't been for her, I think I would have got kicked out. Uh, uh, one lady told me, said, you're on my bad list. I mean, my bad list. And, uh, and so she spared me and saved me. And, and look, I mean, the mess that you see before you today... God did this, <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I'm thankful for VBS, and so um, uh, I'm glad that we're doing it this week, and I, I pray that you'll be praying for it, and as you can see, all these working things up here, that's what we're going to talk about in the message today, is God working in our life, and how we're under construction. You remember me telling you about my great, great aunt Francis and her cat had biscuits, right? You remember me telling you about that. Well, she's actually the one that kind of drugged me to VBS for the first time, and then she drugged me to church uh, all the time. She would literally torment me about church. And uh, so I continued to go, and she would pick me up, and thank God he spoke into my life, and the Holy Spirit convicted me one day, uh, a Thursday at a revival, and I trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and, and my life was changed. I mean, it took directions I never would have imagined that it took, but, but in her house, she had this little bitty framed saying that said, be patient. God is still working on me. I was always intrigued by that little frame because I thought, man, she's old. I mean, she's old. And God's still working on her. I mean, my goodness, what does she mean by that? And what she meant by that is God is always working on us. Isn't that great? That God doesn't give up on us, but he is always working working on us. And so the theme for this week is this uh, concrete and cranes and the idea of God building a foundation in our life through Jesus Christ. And the key verse is Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 where it says, I am confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. And so the idea is that God is working on us. And so here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you three aspects of God's work in your life. And then I've got one very long application point at the end. So we've got to really walk and work through these three at the beginning. And so let's look at these together. But first, let's look in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I quote it kind of... uh, um, 
uh, not verbatim, but quoted it. But let's look in verse 6. and It says this, And I am sure or confident of this, that he, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. I pray you bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at these three aspects. And the first aspect of God's work in our life is this. God's work in our life begins with the gospel. God's work in our life begins in the gospel. Here, uh, verse 6 is in the context of a prayer that Paul is giving, a prayer of thanksgiving uh, to the church at Philippi. They had supported him uh, emotionally, spiritually, financially, uh, in person, in every way that you can imagine. He's writing and he's giving thanks. And in the middle of this thanksgiving prayer, he, he gives this statement that he's confident that the God that has been working in their life is going to continue to work in the life of that church. And it all began in verse 5. He, he tells us how it all began. Look, if you will, in verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. What was he saying? He's saying that that word for partnership here in different translations carries different, uh, they use different translations of the same Greek word, which is koinonia, which is the idea of fellowship. In some translations, it's going to say your fellowship in the gospel, your cooperation in the gospel, your participation in the gospel. And here it says your partnership in the gospel. And so we have literally been yoked up with God in his work uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a young boy on that Thursday night when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I became a partner in the gospel, the work of God through the gospel. And so uh, it begins with the gospel. And so if you follow the rest of the book of the Philippians, we, we have become a part of the good news of Jesus Christ. We participate in his story and in his nature. We, we see verses like this. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. We, we see later that Paul says this. That I may be found in him not with the righteousness that is of the law. But the righteousness that comes from him. That, that I may have fellowship in his resurrection. Uh, in his suffering. That I may know him. You remember I know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to the likeness of his death. In other words Paul is saying. That you and I became a part of Jesus' story. Through the gospel. That God began a work in our lives. Through the gospel. And the work of God. Uh, makes us part of the family of God. And it begins by hearing the gospel. In John 1, 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to be called the children of God, even to those that believe 
on his name. It begins with the gospel. We, we participate in his story and in his nature. And the work of God in making us a part of his family begins by hearing the gospel. And the work of God in making us a part of his new creation begins with the gospel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so this work of God, it begins with the gospel. I love what Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The gospel is the beginning of the work of God in our lives. Now, I understand. Let me just say this. God's working ahead of that time, isn't he? I mean, the Holy Spirit is working to draw us to Christ, to convict us of our sin and bring us to Christ but the work of God in us begins with the gospel. Here's a second aspect, if we can, of God's work. God's work in our life continues through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. I love it. He says, he says this in verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day <laughs> until now. In other words, it began then. God has been working in your life. And you can look back and you say, I can remember. <laughs> I can remember when God's work began in my life. But there's more. God's work continues through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is not just a past event, but a present reality in our life. The, the transforming message of Jesus Christ is still at work in our lives. We are literally under construction. Be patient. God is still working on me. Uh, be patient with yourself. God is still working on you. Be patient with others. God is still working on them. We are literally under construction. He says it began with the gospel and it's continuing forward and it has a completion date in the future. So God is still working on us now there's no other foundation that can be laid other than the gospel of Jesus Christ and that's the foundation that everyone builds upon right if we look in first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 he says there's no other foundation that any man can lay than the foundation which is Jesus Christ the gospel of Jesus Christ and then uh, the works that is built upon that will be tested whether they be wood hay stubble or precious jewels and so there's a work in progress. Paul talks about that this foundation is laid and one man plants the seed, another man watereth, but who gives the increase? God. God gives the increase. And so God began with the gospel. God is continuing to work in our lives. We have fellowship with the gospel from the beginning and continue to fellowship throughout our lives. What does Paul mean when he says that we're a partner in the gospel? Or that we participate in the gospel? Or that we fellowship with the gospel? That's an interesting thing because when we think about the gospel, we think about words only, don't we? The gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, the literal word gospel eugelion is good news good news and so we continue to participate in this good news we, we fellowship in this good news by sharing 
the good news. That's what we're going to do this week, right? All the VBS workers, give me one of these. We're going to share the good news this week. We're going to fellowship in the gospel through sharing. We, we fellowship through support. He's saying literally, um, Philippi, when you're giving to the ministry that God has given me, you are fellowshipping in the gospel. Do you realize this morning that when you take those little envelopes and put your little portion that God has given you and put it in the little plate on the little table... That you're fellowshipping in the gospel. You're fellowshipping in the gospel. You're making sure the gospel is going forth. The good news about Jesus Christ. The good news about the only one that can transform and change a life. You're participating in that through support. But also we fellowship through suffering for the good news. If you haven't. Woken up yet. And I'm not sure if that's the right word. Is that the right way to use that word? Woke? Is it just woke? Okay, good. Didn't think about saying this. If I thought about saying it, I'd probably thought of the right word. If you haven't woke up yet, wake up. We're going to suffer for the gospel. If you're going to live for Jesus, you're going to suffer. I mean, we've been blessed for a long time, but those days are quickly coming to an end. And if no one has told you yet, let me be the one to tell you, you're going to suffer if you want to live for Jesus and fellowship in the, in the gospel because that is part of it. Paul's story and you can, you can read and look, and he talks about all the ways that he suffered in carrying the good news to the world. But in Philippians chapter 3, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, we see that. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering. And then goes on to say becoming like him in his death. We fellowship. We, we fellowship with the gospel through sharing, through support, and through suffering. God is working in our lives. He, he is working in our lives to create the likeness of Jesus. Let me give you just a few of those real quick, and I've got to run through these, okay? The work of God in our life is precise. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he says, He whom he foreknew, he predestined. In other words, God determined that those of us which trusted in Jesus Christ would what? Those that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be made the firstborn of many brethren. So the work of God in our lives, the continuing work is precise. He wants to make us and shape us like Jesus. Uh, this work is cooperative. In 2 Peter chapter 1, if you'll just read verses 5 through 10, he says... And add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. And so he gives us, people call that Peter's ladder. And it's the idea that God is working in our life sanctifying us. And guess what? We cooperate with it. We cooperate. This work also is slow sometimes in our life. I mean it's slow and it's meticulous. But God is at work in Galatians chapter 6. He Verse 9, he says that we're not to grow weary in well-doing. But the, in, in due time, we shall reap that which we sow. 
If we sow to the flesh, then things of the flesh. And if to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. But we're going to reap what we sow. And so sometimes it's slow. We don't need to grow weary in the work of the Lord. This work also is painful at times. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 talks about the chastisement of the Lord. And how discipline at times is never pleasant for us when it begins. But we see the fruit of that discipline in our life and so it's painful at times and this work is continual throughout our lifetime we see that in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 now let me give you the third aspect of God's work in our life it begins with the gospel it continues through the sanctification of the spirit and God's work in our lives will find its completion at the coming of Christ Here in verse 6 he talks about he who has begun a good work in us shall complete it or bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now that's that great day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he receives his church and cashes everything in. However you want to look at it but the day of Christ is the great coronation day of Jesus Christ. And we will be complete on that day. One day, we will no longer struggle with the nature of our flesh. And that will be the day of Christ. And guess what? In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, he talks about the fact that we're going to be presented before him blameless and above reproach. Listen to this. He said, He has now reconciled in his body a flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him if indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. We're not there yet. Amen? We're not there yet, but one day, the day of Christ, we will be presented holy, we will be presented blameless, and we will be presented above reproach. Now, I want to get to the part of the message I've been waiting on the whole time. I know you have too, but probably for different reasons. You're waiting on it because it's the end. I've been waiting on it because I think it's really the meat of how we process this because isn't it wonderful to think that God is at work in our lives? He he began, he continues, and he will keep it up and complete it when he comes. That is good, good news. So how do we process all of that? Let me give you a few things. First is this. We need to live up to what we are rather than live down to what we were. In other words, God, when he sees us, he sees the completed project. You look at this back here and you see all these buildings and different things that's going on. You go around town and you see all of these buildings. And in the process of that building being built, some of them, man, you're trying to figure out what in the world are they building here. Have you ever seen some of those? And you think, if I was building that building, I would go about it a whole different way than that. That thing is ugly. What is this thing going to be? But we need to remember that God has the finished product in mind. We know what the building's going to look like. 
It's going to look like Jesus. Because the work of God is precise. And so what do we do? We live up to what we are in God. Not down to what we were before. I mean, if we could get a picture of God's intentions for our lives, if we could get a picture of God's intention for our church, if we could get a picture of the potential that we have in God, it would change the way we live. But so often we look too close, too close at what we were, and we live down rather than living up. We need to live up to what we are. The Christian walk is not about doing the minimum necessary to get to heaven. It's about being my utmost for his highest and my best for God's glory. We are new creatures that are created in the image of Christ. And we want to go up and not down. That's why Paul in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 he said this. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He, he was a persecutor. And he became a builder of the church. So we live up. Here's a second application. We need to be confident that God is working in our lives even when we can't see or feel it. Even when we can't see or feel it. The heart of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 is this. God is always working from beginning to end. God is always. Can I get a witness? Have you ever felt like that the work of God in your life plateaued? <laughs> or had a setback? Or, or maybe you're just saying, hey, where's God at in this? Here's the good news. God never stops working. That's what Philippians really tells us. God, he never stops working. He just continues to work on us from beginning to end. You, you may be in a lull right now, but listen to me. God's still working. You, you may be at a setback right now, but God is still working. And we need to always be confident. Paul began that verse with, I am confident of this very thing. God is still working in you, okay? And so God is still working. Here's the third thing. You may think that you've blown it, but God is not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Breathe that in for just a minute. God's not finished with me. God's not finished with me. There's been times that if I'd been God... I would have kicked Louis Williams to the curb. I mean, I'm being honest with you. And, and, but God's not finished with us yet. I've blown it several times. I really have. And, but God's not finished with me yet. God's not finished with you. God doesn't cast us away because he sees the finished product. God wants us to cooperate with his work in our lives, but he doesn't throw us away when we fail. My reading this week was... Jeremiah chapter 18. Y'all remember Jeremiah chapter 18? Had a lot of good reading. I think I read all the way through chapter 24 maybe of Jeremiah this week along with a bunch of other verses. Jeremiah chapter 18 though is about the potter. And what I love about that story is the, the clay is in the potter's hands. 
and it becomes marred in the potter's hands. And what does God say? He says, will you let me make you new? Will you let me make you new? And listen, so often you and I, we, even in the potter's hands, we get marred. We blow it. But God doesn't just throw the clay away. He doesn't just toss it to the side. But he makes a new vessel. He takes that that mar in our life and makes a beautiful thing out of it. I was I seen something about a, a some kind of Japanese pottery, and y'all may know it better than I do. And I didn't research this before the message just popped in my head right now. But but they take this and they break the pots. They literally break those pots and put them back together and they're a beautiful masterpiece. And that's what God does with us many times. He may not break us, but we break ourselves. But God is there to put us back together. And we just need to remember, even though we've blown it, God's not finished with us. Okay, that's the point. Here's a fourth thing. Don't fight the process just because you don't recognize some of the tools that God is using. Don't. Don't fight the process. What does God use to sanctify us? Life. Life. And we all know that life a lot of times is difficult. Life throws us some curveballs. But listen, don't go through your entire life with your fist in the air. I mean, we can fight and bellyache and cry and grumble and murmur and complain because God is working with tools that we don't understand. We don't know why we're going through the things that we're going through. Uh, This week in Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 11, I ran across a scripture and it was interesting to me. And Jeremiah had went outside the potsherd gate and and he goes out and God says, you take a, a piece of pottery with you. And you break that piece of pottery in front of all the people in the city. And you pronounce this woe against the city because they have turned away from me. And so Jeremiah with faith he goes out and he breaks the pot. And he preaches this fiery message to the people of Jerusalem. And when he comes back in you know what they do? They beat him to a pulp. And they put him in shackles. And in verse 11, even though he's in a dark situation, he says this. The Lord is with me as a mighty champion. And he will put my adversaries to shame. Wow! He was looking forward with faith. And he's saying, right now God is using a tool to refine me that I cannot understand and I don't recognize. But God is a mighty champion. And he will humiliate those who persecute me. And so we've got to go through life not with our fists in the air ready to fight someone. But, but we've got to realize that God is working on us and refining us through life. Now, here's the last thing. I think it's very important, too. God's at work, always working. Let's show one another some grace. Because all Christians are on this journey. All Christians are on this journey. Sanctification is a journey, and with all journeys, people are bound to get lost along the way. They may trip. They may fall. They may twist their ankle. 
uh, they may do some crazy things. You've probably done some along the way yourself. And so we need to have some grace for one another because we're all on this journey of sanctification. I think that's why in James chapter 5 he says that we are to confess our sins to one another. It's not so that we can empty out our sins to one another and we can judge as a church what we ought to do with those folks that have failed. But it's that we ought to come to one another individually and I ought to be able to speak to you about my weaknesses and my difficulties. And you know what? You ought to understand because you've got weaknesses and difficulties too. And we're all on this journey together and so we ought to show some grace to one another along the way. Amen? Now, here's my last thought. Where does it all start? Isn't it great that God's working on us and he wants to build this beautiful thing, create us in the image of Christ? Where does it start? It starts with the gospel. It starts with the gospel. This morning, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you will receive him and believe the gospel message, I want to tell you something. God will take you on a journey that you'll never forget. It's a journey that will not end at the grave. I can tell you that. Because he is resurrected from the grave with victory in his hand. And it's a journey that just keeps going and going and giving and giving. And so if you haven't trusted him, put your trust in Jesus Christ and allow God to work in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are our creator, as Tammy had mentioned earlier, and Lord, you're still creating because you are working and conforming and transforming and renewing and shaping us and being patient with us as you diligently work in our lives. And Lord, I pray this morning for Anyone that may be here that maybe they find themselves going backwards or they feel like that they're plateaued, that they would just lean upon you during this time. Lord, I pray for the one that may be here this morning that they feel like they've just blown it, but Lord, I pray that they would realize that you do not throw away the clay, but you continue to shape us, love us, and mold us and Lord you finish you finish what you're starting you're a God that always keeps his promises and we're so grateful for that today so Lord I pray as we come to a time of of invitation that Lord that folks would come this morning they would just submit themselves before you that they would cooperate with what you want to do in their lives. Lord, I, I pray that you'd forgive us when we throw our hands, our fists in the air, and we resist because we don't understand what you're doing in our lives. Help us, Lord, to just lean upon you in those dark days, those difficult days, those trying times, realizing that you're working. You never stop working. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.